Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you work in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Our mission, to make government contracting better one contract at a time. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition Solutions. Skyway helps companies know more, do more, and win more in the government market. Visit skywayacquisition.com to get started. This week's episode is a follow-on to an earlier podcast called The Importance of Targeting. It's sort of a, a targeting 201. All right, here we go. Hey, Kevin. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on targeting. We are. If you're not winning contracts, my money is on that you're not targeting properly. Uh, we all know we're supposed to target, but in such a huge market like the government market, how do you know that you're targeting enough? So this kind of continues the conversation we started back with uh, podcast number 16. We talked about the importance of targeting. This is a, a follow-on to that. So when does targeting count? This is early in the process, right? This is in acquisition time zone speak. This is in the requirement zone and the market research zone where you should be focusing your efforts on picking the right opportunities, the ones that you have the most, the greatest likelihood to win, right? The absolute last point where this is counts is the RFP zone because when you see the final RFP, this is when you see if you can actually win. You read that thing and does it match what you can do? Can you write a proposal that's going to win there? If you can't, stop. So targeting does not happen in the source selection zone. Too late there. Yeah, it's the, the bus has already left the station at that point. So what do we mean by targeting? Let's let's give a quick little summary from, from episode 16. The first, first thing we need to talk about is reachable market. What's reachable market? So the reachable market is everything that is in your NAICS code. And so the simplest way to think of that is everything that you could possibly do. And yes, it's a giant, giant, giant number. Um, in some cases, it could be in the, in the you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. Your target market is what you can win. So now you start applying things like the small business set aside. Is it in your time zone? Is it in the region where you can act, where you actually have employees? Uh, is it the size of contract that you can actually deliver the product? Um, is it is it a cost type contract that you know you, if it's cost type contract you can't actually win it because you can't do cost type contracts? So you start to target the the nuances of it. But keep in mind it's still going to be a giant number. And then the next piece is the weight class. And the weight class is what you can actually get done without derailing your company. And the simplest way to think of that is, yes, you could do a $100 million, you could do a $100 million contract that would take you 50 employees and in 15 different states over the next two years. However, if you currently have five employees and $2 million in revenue, it's out of your weight class. <laughs> It's this, you can apply it to, to the size of the company, the size of the opportunity, the size of your supply chain, et cetera. But understand what your weight class is. So the example for us is, for, for Skyway, we only target companies that are in the government market. We could do consulting for lots of different businesses who aren't even in the government market. I mean, we, have, we could expand that out, but we don't. We keep it down to what are we exceptionally good at. So it's people who are already in the government market. And then they have to be big enough that they actually understand some of the complex stuff we're talking about. So we neck it down to companies that have $500,000 in revenue or more, or if they're a service company, they usually have about five employees. So last episode was the basics. Let's get down to the next level. What does the next level of targeting look like? These are customers who are inherently seeking what you do. 
they're not because you told them what you do, but because they're looking for it. So a great way to understand this is that an idea I got from uh, Ray Edwards was on the Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn. And he talked about this acronym OPEN. And I'll let you talk through how that applied to you. So think of it this way. O- open is is the the four stages of of customer need or potential customer needs. The O is oblivious. So in my personal life, let's use my dishwasher as an example. Everybody's got one of those. So oblivious, in the oblivious stage, I know that I have a dishwasher and dishwashers sometimes need replaced. The next stage is the P in open. This is pondering. My house is now 10 years old. I understand that mm, the original appliances are nearing end of life or may need some help. So I'm, I'm aware of something, some potential need, but I'm not really worried about it at this point. The E in open, O-P-E, is engaged. So my dishwasher recently started making a horrifying noise when I pushed the start button. It still washes dishes. <laughs> it still washes the dishes great. But now I'm engaged. I recognize that there's something going on with the dishwasher and it might need replaced. That leads us to N. That's where I'm not at yet. N is need. I need this now. So at some point, I have a fear that I'm going to push the start button and either nothing's going to happen or something catastrophic is going to happen. At that point, I will be in desperate need of a dishwasher and I'll be seeking out people selling dishwashers to replace it. And here's the strategy. This is, this is what targeting, targeting looks like. You're focusing on those government agencies who have a need. And how can you tell? Go to USA Spending, you know, get, down, get down into the, to the Nats eyelash and look for who is looking for what you sell. That is the, the takeaway from that analogy. Think of it this way. You're the prize. You're the solution they're looking for. That's what real targeting looks like. So instead of thinking of it like they're the prize because they're the customer and you sold them on something, flip that over to you're the prize. You're what they're looking for to solve their problem because they have a need. Right. If you're doing the targeting right, you're the prize. It's much easier to sell to people that are in the need. You know, Again, open, oblivious, pondering, engaged, and need. If you're trying to sell to people that are just pondering, hey, I know that someday I might need a dishwasher, that's a hard sell. If you're trying to sell to someone who has stacks of dirty dishes around their house because <laughs> it's broken, that's a much easier sell. And, I guess and you always can just be plenty of them. wash them in the sink, old school, but you know that's what dishwashers <laughs> are for. That's right. Try to save time. So why does this matter? Why is this so important? It's so important because it is really easy to chase everything. When you're submitting lots of proposals, lots of bids, you feel like you're doing something. That activity is very seductive because it feels like you're moving forward. But bidding is not winning. And a friend of mine asked us to speak at a conference. And I said, well, what would be the most helpful thing for us to talk about? And she said, honestly, you're targeting stuff, like the, the podcast that you did. And I said, why? She said, because many people seem to go out of their way to justify not targeting. And I don't think it's that cynical so much as a lot of them just don't know what really, really good targeting looks like. And that's, that's what we're going through. Yeah, today. I agree. Because the, the news is full of stories of people who have won you know, all kinds of stuff for, for diverse uh, right. You always see the press release that, you know, this company just won a big contract with this government agency, but you never see the press release of 
this company just lost that same competition. That just doesn't happen. So it's it's easy to think that, hey, it's all about winning. Yeah, there's a lot of losing going on too. Yeah, and the, and the companies who don't target have a lot more losing going on. <laughs> the government market is so big, so big, that it's easy to get, get swept up in how many things you could possibly bid on. But the good news is because it's so big, it's really ripe for targeting. Because if you neck down the 1,000th of 1% of the government market that is exactly fit to what you do, it still could be $100 million in business. That, that's, what, that's why it makes me, it amazes me how many people don't spend the time to target. Because there are smaller markets out there that, that you can't really do a whole lot of targeting and still have a, a really successful business. But the government is not one of those. It's just such a giant market that it, it's the perfect environment for targeting much more than you're even comfortable with. And you're still going to find a lot of opportunity. And the more you target, the less you're going to have to compete on price exclusively, right? You're always going to have to compete on price to some extent. But understand, remember, if you're the prize, you're not a commodity anymore. If you, if you honestly are the prize that this government agency or this government – and I've been, I've been a contracting officer where I was so happy with the two or three companies that bid. Any one of them was the prize. And yes, it came down to price. I mean let's not pretend that price doesn't matter. It always does. But the fact is that's a successful source selection for me because those companies did such a great job of targeting me. They knew that I needed this particular equipment and they all delivered it. And here's the cool part – they specialized in it. In fact, one company, it's all they did. And guess what? They won. That's what you mean by the prize, right? This, yeah. this is, you are the prize because you are selling exactly what the government needs. And because it's exactly what they need, they might not be so price sensitive. They might not be interested in paying a little less for something that's not exactly what they mean, which is better for you. You can sell at a premium. So if you're on the government side, the more you help companies target by making your requirements painfully clear and communicating those requirements to everyone openly, the more you do that, the fewer proposals you'll receive that can't win. And that saves time and money for everyone. Industry doesn't have to repair them, and you don't have to evaluate them because they understand up front they can't win this one. So I just kind of got into the government side. Let's get specific on why the government should care. You're more likely to get better companies. It's like we talked about. The, this, I, mean, I have that's one story. I've probably got. If I think about it, I bet I got a dozen of them, where companies that really targeted us well, they're more likely to be able to solve our problem. Now, of course, it's not right. Perfect, right. It's you don't mean better companies, as in you know, better holistically, but companies yeah, yeah. that that have a better chance of of they're a better fit. They're more capable. They're better. They're they're a natural deliverer of what I need. Yeah, you should get better proposals. Uh, again, not guaranteed, but. It's a lot more likely, and and the example would be the more I target, and this is a big thing for me that when you get these large homogenized contracts, you get the opposite. You get companies who aren't targeting. You're getting teams who can do I'll do everything, and you end up with with a mess. So on the government side, try to, and we've we've talked about this before. Try to do smaller actions and get them done, and those smaller actions may be much more specific. And you're, and that's, that's your, cause you're targeting, you're saying, I only want a company that will do grounds maintenance for this part of the base and, or, or, or who will do software development for C plus on this part of our software platform. I mean, you can break it down to that. And if you help them target, you have a better chance of finding that prize, right? The, the prize company that you were talking about. And the contracting officers who are listening to this, they know what I mean by the prize, that company that was easy to deal with. They understood everything. 
in the requirement. They understood how to deliver well. They were easy. All of the meetings that you had afterwards were easy. They took the time to understand the nuances of this industry because it's what they specialize in. It's that whole business rule of do few things and do them exceptionally well. It's easy to say, but most people don't do it. Yeah, you found the company that really knows how to do the work, not just write a proposal that says they can do the work. <laughs> Good point. So, so why does industry care about this idea? Oh, targeting is everything, right? If you target properly, you're more likely to win. And the more that you target, the less time and money you spend on marketing and, and on those bid and proposal costs and on all the customer engagement. Better targeting means higher win rates. So more money coming in, less money spent out. And, and that's honestly, as uh, community members, it's one of the big reasons we use the RFP score. That's why we created it, was if we can keep you from only bidding on five instead of six, or if we can, or if we can help you understand which one of the four that you want to go after is the best fit and you dump your resources into that one, that's why it's a targeting tool. That's why we created it and that's what it does. Love it. And the other reason industry should care is because the government market really is made for hyper-targeting because it's so enormous. Like I, as I mentioned before, is that even if you do one thousandth of one percent of the market, it's still a giant number, right? Right. So go down more targeted than you probably are comfortable with. So going back to my dishwasher thing, if there is a way for companies that sell dishwashers to target people with only broken dishwashers, that would be excellent. That's very difficult to do. Yeah, maybe it's people that have that bought their dishwasher ten years ago. Whoever built your house, right? They got a list of people who who bought your house is in your neighborhood. They all got that dishwasher at the same time. There may only be I don't know maybe like five hundred people, but but think about how targeted those five hundred people are. They probably all are thinking the same thing you are, Paul. That oh, that dishwasher's making a weird noise. <laughs> I'm really glad these guys called me by a new dishwasher. That's what I mean by it. it's. It seems uncomfortably small because you're like oh, but there are only five hundred of them. But you know what? 500 customers is a whole lot better than 50,000 leads. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point because if you are receptive to that sales pitch, it's great. But how annoying is it when people who are trying to sell to you have not targeted you well? And as a contracting officer, I saw so many proposals that they, they just weren't a fit. They were throwing something over the wall because it seemed like something they could do. Right, and even outside of the government world, there's a lot of real life examples of non-targeting, like spam email. People don't even read them. They set up rules to send them straight to trash or just delete, delete, delete. Not very effective. Think about direct mail, like mailbox. I have to walk through my garage to get in the house right past the recycle bin. As I'm walking in, I sorting through and all the junk mail goes right in the recycle bin, unread. It doesn't even make it into the house. And so compare this to what, that those mailers, like they're just sending you stuff because you're in the neighborhood, right? So that that is a lot of wasted effort by the company who is uh, mailing you these uh, things you're putting in the recycle bin. They don't have access to the, a whole lot of data about you without spending pretty serious money. Compare that to what you can get out of usaspending.gov for free. If you've not been on that site, in fact, if you, you Google Kevin Jans and USA Spending, there's a there's a video, there's a free YouTube video that I created to show people <laughs> how to use it. Because it's it's amazing that so much of that data is available on who your competitors are, how much did this agency buy, what type of contract they use. All of that is out there for free. So there's, again, I sound kind of harsh in this, but honestly, there's no excuse to not be targeting. It, it, it's it's going to eat you alive if you don't, and there's nothing but upside for doing it. So 
That's a great place to wrap it up. So remember, government, help companies target. If you're on the government side, give them some specificity to your requirements and communicate that so the companies that have the greatest likelihood of successfully satisfying your need are the ones that actually bid. Yeah, and if you're on the government side, focus on finding those contractors who are the prize. It will save you a lot of time and headache. And the exact opposite works for the industry. Targeting, focusing on you as the prize. Find the, find the acquisitions where you are the prize. Right? It's the best way to increase your win ratio. And the cra- crazy part is most of your competitors, they aren't doing it. So just, just by, because I can tell you, I mean, you know, how many proposals did I see that people weren't targeting? And how many times do I have somebody come to me and say, hey, I specialize in uh, doing barber services, but I want to go after this body armor contract. I kid you not, that actually happened. This, it, it happens. So a lot of companies aren't. <laughs> yeah, and so if they just, are, they aren't doing it well. They aren't doing it ruthlessly. Right. So you know, be a ruthless targeter and you're already, it doesn't feel like it. doesn't feel like you're making a whole lot of headway, but you are. Here's the simplest way to think of it. When you see an opportunity, it's either heck yeah, we can do that, or it's heck no. If it's not one of those two, then you're not targeting as well as you should be. I love it. All right. If you like this Contracting Officer podcast, please tell a friend. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We have a page on all those. Please follow us there. Share with your friends. Let them know we're out there because that is the best way to help make government contracting better one contract at a time. Yeah, we're giving away this information for free, so please help other people find it. Remember, send your topics to me, to paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. We get lots and lots of ideas for new episodes of the podcast from listeners. All right, Kevin, I'll talk to you later. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.